Hello from the 800-year-old UNESCO-acclaimed city of Lviv, Ukraine, also known as Leopolis or Lion City in the Greek. Dobroden, that's Ukrainian. My name is Joe Lindsley and I'm an American quarantine here quite unexpectedly these past few months. But quite fortuitously, I've connected with an energetic group of visionaries, thinkers, and doers to create the Lviv Lab for the Activation of Democracy. With support of friends like the Ukrainian Catholic University, our goal is to reimagine journalism in theory and practice. Often journalism is seen as a spotlight, loudly and boldly exposing corruption. And there is a place for this. But here on this podcast, we gather around a lamplight, not a spotlight. And in this time of isolation, we cross national and quarantine boundaries to share our stories and listen to others as we try to make sense of the new coronavirus era we have all entered together. In 2019, people took to the streets of Hong Kong nearly every day to protest what they saw as Chinese incursions on their freedom. The situation grew tense as the demands became clear. The people of the former British colony did not want to be subjected to total Chinese control. That meant the loss of freedom of speech, assembly, and religion. In the streets, protesters waved American and British flags, but if you look closely, you might also have seen the blue and yellow banner of Ukraine. Then in August of last year, thousands gathered in the Hong Kong streets to watch Netflix's Winter on Fire, a documentary about Ukraine's 2014 Euromaidan revolution in which people in this country said no to Russian control over its affairs. Now, in this time of the coronavirus, the Ukrainian government has turned, in some ways, to China for help. Having seen the emotional connection between the Hong Kong protest and Ukraine's revolution of dignity, I've been wondering if working with China is in some ways a violation of the spirit of Euromaidan. We've got many questions, and to begin to find the answers, the Lviv Lab spoke with a Ukrainian who was a close observer of China, Arthur Karitonov. Arthur was writing a novel a few years ago set in Hong Kong, and so he went to visit the city to check it out. Captivated by the free spirit he encountered, he returned to Ukraine, where he started the Free Hong Kong Center, so that he could help share the revolutionary wisdom of his country with the people of Hong Kong. The Lviv Lab's Denis Boyeshko spoke with Arthur from his home base in the Ukrainian capital, Kiev. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, hey Arthur, I'm really glad to meet you at last. I'm Dennis, I'm the co-host and the producer of the Leave Lamp Podcast. And let's start. Could you briefly describe the political system of China? And is China really an authoritarian country with a capitalist rep? China has been always criticized by the Western world for no democracy system. And any talks of China about the mix of capitalism and democracy, uh, of course, it's a very big lie because the system is very corrupted, very fake one. I'm always comparing uh, with the now USSR, where the basic Soviet principles are saved by also um, native Chinese corruption system is uh, you know connected to it. So it's very bad kind of Frankenstein we have at the moment in the world, and I think China is the most dangerous authoritarian country in the world because the tools China is using is not like very clear like we could see somewhere in Iran or somewhere in North Korea, Russia or Venezuela. Chinese stuff is very shady one and 
when they're trying to press democracy, they're doing it in the, the most worst uh, shape. And what about the capitalism ideology in China? We know that recent years are known for the trade war between the United States and China. However, the last is one of the most powerful manufacturer and goods provider in the whole world. Well, let's say right now we couldn't talk about pure capitalism, because what is capitalism? It's about private person, like pro 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 private property and other stuff. But in the case of China, we have all system state-owned and all these capitalism issues just first of all for high party establishment not for people so of course it's not about pure capitalism but talking about trade war yeah of course right now us and the majority of the democracy world fighting against uh, ccp system so i couldn't say that it's very developed capitalistic system of course after um, like 19th the station become more in capitalistic style, so probably we could see a lot of Western shops, cafes, restaurants, and this step are opened in China. But if you would look uh, deeply, we would see that the system in China is very fake one, and they are always trying to create something, um, you know, like just to copy it to Chinese system. And uh, of course, I think the core point there is media point, because in China we have so many copy-paste, but in Chinese style system, like social medias, because they are not using Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all these um, services are banned in China, but they are using Weibo, Baibu, and other kinds of uh, very high-level controlled social medias, and it's very bad, of course. It's not about capitalism. You used in your description Frankenstein, and you know, there is this Frankenstein moment when we have the monster virus that has shut down the whole world, it's cancelled the Olympics, it closed all bars, cafes, restaurants, and the whole world is affected because something happened in China. So what are the questions we all should be asking about the situation with coronavirus in China? I think that all the world should ask China what happened there, because we know that all situation happened just, first of all, lack of information from China, fully banned by CCP government. And also we need to analyze once again, why do we need to pay such high money and to invest it uh, to WHO, yeah, if we know that the um, uh, organization is fully corrupt by Chinese influence. So I think we need to see transparency in this case. and when all evidence would be analyzed, we could talk about the uh, legal liability of uh, Chinese, Chinese state, actually, because I think, um, as well as uh, the majority of worldwide experts think, that Wuhan situation, where outbreak started, is actually Chinese Chernobyl movement, and we need to take into account that Chernobyl and Wuhan actually about the same stuff of non-transparency and uh, party system lie. I wanna ask you more about conspiracy matter. Lots of people think that the virus came from the laboratory in Wuhan and that the COVID-19 was artificially created there. What do you think about this? And is this idea common in Hong Kong or even your center? 
I think that uh, any conspiracy theorist where we could include US, for example, I don't believe in it, because when we are talking about China and moreover such specific uh, sphere or knowledges like versology, I think that uh, CCP is very shady, and we know that all what happened in Wuhan is actually, you know, like, in, in such one way, it's like quite transparent to show it to, for example, Western the scientific circle, yeah, but in the case of internal stuff, it's very shady, we don't know now, and all we know from open sources is that uh, all this coronavirus teach and started first of all from governmental requests to know more about coronavirus types and also to invite different top-level scientific people, yeah, like uh, Li Shenji and other one, like Batwoman, uh, to to analyze all of that. And also we know that we have a request from the government to uh, look how coronavirus could impact human body. So I think it's first of all more about uh, Chinese internal stuff. And should we be sure about the origins of coronavirus or should we just, you know, accept it as a fact that here it is? the world pandemic and I know there are a lot of people talking about leak from the, from the laboratory but others say that this might not be a coincidence. Of course I think we need to analyze more about origin of coronavirus because uh, as the majority of scientists saying that um, it is absolutely new type of coronavirus we haven't seen before and uh, the system of transmission between people is very unique one and we have different unique symptoms and it's quite dangerous. Moreover uh, we should know about the um, theories we have at the moment starting from that market and also about labs theory, because I think that in the case, if China was really responsible of uh, this uh, outbreak, of course, we need to do very clear international investigation. Other points that China is really against to accept foreign scientists to know more about it. And in this case, of course, it would be much more harder to know more. And actually, I think that point is making the world so angry about China, because we have no accept to Wuhan. And uh, American journalists are withdrawn from China, and moreover, we have a lot of facts from Taiwan, which has been talking about coronavirus risks from uh, starting from December 31, 2019. So, of course, we have a lot of points to make it clear and to rethink the sense of CCP in this world. And since you have so many connections, I suppose you should know about when Hong Kong found out about the coronavirus. If it's so, then please tell us more about that. Well, Hong Kong was starting to talk about it, I think, uh, in the early January, actually, because the information, um, yeah, this spread quite, quite quick, and from Taiwan it reached Hong Kong, and of course, I think in the mid of January, we have a lot of posts of criticism to China and WHO, and I think it's very core one to understand that Hong Kongers also, as uh, Taiwanese, tried to secure all the world, that Wuhan situation is much more dangerous that we could predict. But in our case, we have all information from AHO, and I'm clearly remember that uh, the organization told all the world that all is under control, and China secured 
time to us, but in fact what WHO did, as well as China, just to make the outbreak more possible all over the world. Because every expert um, saying that in the case if China would be transparent and would react immediately, we would localize it just on the level of Wuhan. But what happened? Happened high persecution against activists, uh, people disappeared, and other um, actions of communism there. So I think it's a really, really important point to remember when we are talking about uh, the outcomes of the outbreak. You know, last week the Secretary General of NATO issued a warning to the world really to be on the lookout. Uh, while the economy collapsed due to the quarantine, to be on the lookout for Chinese investment, uh, to pay attention to the real estate values, to the price reports, and just to be generally aware about China's movements, because everybody see that they wanna buy more and more influence and more and more power from the from any country in the world. And one of the recent surveys in Ukraine showed that Ukrainians think that we need to be more friendly to China and we need to make more deals with them. And you know, uh, last year there was uh, this situation with Motorsic uh, in Zaporizhia when, where Chinese businessmen bought uh, the, some part of this factory. and. What do you think about this? Like, should we really be more pro-Chinese or should we consider to avoid them? Well, the situation with Chinese investment and all this Chinese fake aid is quite dangerous, not just to all, all Europe and all the world, but also especially to Ukraine, because, you know, for the last, I think, 10 years, China was quite aggressive in the sense of uh, intervention to Ukraine, economical one, first of all. It started firstly from Yanukovych's trip to China at the same days of Maidan when it started. And we all remember this quite shady trip and all these agreements um, Yanukovych did with China, if you remember, uh, due to the decision to stop the euro integration process. So. Even that time, before Maidan, China played very dirty role trying to secure the regime of Yanukovych. And then, you know, like a few years after, when uh, Maidan uh, won and uh, China understood that it's time to try once again uh, with Ukraine, they started to took a lot of a lot of uh, ideas how to interference to Ukraine. We have different, you know, spheres where tr China trying to. To, to be, but the most specific one, of course, is like military stuff because and military uh, constructions because China is very interested in Ukrainian post-Soviet heritage like uh, navy, marine stuff, and aviation, of course, because we know all this case with uh, motor siege and uh, the idea to boat Ukrainian rear or, uh, for instance, to be involved in some nuclear energy in, within military stuff. So. I think that uh, China is very, very aggressive, first of all, because Ukraine is a very unique country, like, um, it's the last, I think, um, in the region, country where we have very huge post-Soviet military past, but also we have very deep idea of European integration and integration to NATO, so uh, China is trying, you know, to withdraw 
all useful points from Ukraine and to use it in own military development. What is very dangerous, of course, first of all, to US, NATO, Europe, and of course, uh, allies of the US in uh, South Pacific region. So let's see what's gonna be with it, but of course, it's dangerous. And other points are that China is trying to use all infrastructure, infrastructure, um, spheres uh, and weather like internet communication uh, cctv actually uh, and so on and so forth and the most risky one and tricky one i think is that we remember i think five years ago uh, china won competition to develop uh, campuses to ukrainian soldiers and you know like Taking into account all this Kobe stuff and all spy issue issues, of course, it's very dangerous if China would be able to invest into security of Ukrainian army, first of all, because China is a regional neighbor and a regional ally of Russia, and we should take into account that these two countries are very connected at the moment, like a one big, you know, like, proto-union. And about China's influence on Ukraine, we have also Russia on our border, and are they in some degree partners or competitors? I think there are partners. I mean, like, it's more about feudalism relations when we have, like, Kingdom of China and also uh, vassal of Russia. And it is actually the big treat for, for the world because China would use everything from Russia to uh, become stronger. And also they would sponsor Russia to inter interference to Ukraine and to other European and worldwide democracies. So I think that Russia and China already were connected and uh, sanctions we have at the moment against Putin's and regime is making Russia closer to Bojin and Bojin spending a lot of money to make uh, Russia stronger in the sense of military and also like China is aggressively in, in investing in different you know like uh, energy developments in Russia like and even we have situations at Crimea or even with Crimea when China trying to invest there uh, via Russian attorneys like quite difficult situation, but it's also very dangerous, first of all, to Ukrainian security and to Ukrainian democracy. Recently, Ukraine received supply help from China with tests for COVID-19, personal protection gear and other uh, help supplement. Uh, however, Spain, India and some other countries refused to accept China's supply because their tests were low quality even though we accepted them. How can this affect our infection stats and country in general? Well, you're talking about uh, the supplies from Shenzhen Bioeasy Technology, and we know that not just Spain, but also other countries uh, like uh, Georgia, uh, Netherlands, UK, Malaysia, Czech Republic, they're talking that the equipment from these factories is quite bad quality and not effective, absolutely. But um, Ukrainian government tried to say that uh, tests are okay because Spain um, is sending back and trying to back money just for antibody tests, like not antigen, but like in the case uh, of UK, they're saying that tests are also bad ones. So I think that actually, and uh, taking into account that uh, Chinese embassy in Spain told the factory has no license to provide this medical equipment, of course, any talks of Ukrainian government that... Um, 
this equipment is uh, well quoted. Of course, it's not true, but Ukraine has no political will to change the situation, because when we are talking about the help from China, of course, it's about corruption, because it's all led by Chinese embassy in Ukraine, and uh, I think, and we could follow it, that uh, China proposing not just, for example, uh, this uh, Shenzhen Bioisi style, but also they're proposing something to Ministry of Defense and also to Health Ministry. But um, day to day we've seen that our anti-corruption media starting to report that every agreement with China was followed by huge level of corruption and making us understand that all these agreements are quite well prepared by some Ukrainian corrupted officials and also corrupted Chinese embassy in Ukraine. What we have seen actually during all the period of outbreak. Other political point is that Ukraine I think one of the last countries in Europe which fully ignoring the existence of Taiwan as the most progressive actually country in the health sphere which helping right now to all the world starting from US and UK and Japan and ending to by Poland and Czech Republic. So probably Ukraine is absolutely ignoring the fact that Taiwan can help and Taiwan who is the president of uh, Taiwan saying that please just ask us and we would help you by test, by mass and, um, you know, like the development, the level of development of masks in Taiwan right now is one of the biggest in the world, so, and the quality is high level. So why do we need to continue to trade uh, with China by very shady contracts if we could make very great agreement with democratic Taiwan and it would be very well to our people who are right now need just one to be protected from coronavirus, not to play in this um, game uh, from uh, Chinese embassy in Ukraine and also our Ministry of uh, Foreign Affairs or even Yarmouk who is like head of office of president. So it's all about political will and Right now, we have very weak political will towards China, of course. And um, to be honest, we have it even during the Poroshenko time, because his previous party name, like Petro uh, Poroshenko bloc, was quite pro-Chinese minded. So I think that it's very dangerous, but... Um, you told that like uh, right now we have very strict uh, reaction on Chinese influence in Western world and uh, Sweden is closing Confucius institutes um, and uh, a lot of organizations and conferences in the world saying that China is trying to push own propaganda that like just China could help but it's not true and uh, very dangerous right now station in southern region of Europe like in Italy in Spain and of course in Balkan region where China trying to say that China is a brother of southern Europe not European Union so I think it's very dangerous time and we are one step before jib gibrid Cold War. After revolution of dignity, we discovered so-called Maidan mentality. And we know that during the protests in Hong Kong, film Winter on Fire about Yarrow Maidan was shown there. Uh, Maidan mentality inspired people in Hong Kong, and that's truly a good thing. Nevertheless, where is this Maidan mentality in Ukrainian government? 
I think the issue there is that Ukrainian government is trying to gain more, you know, like, uh, useful to them contracts, but, like, uh, when we are talking about big business in Ukraine, of course, it's all about pro-establishment interests, but not about Ukrainian people's interests. And, uh, you know, like, the biggest problem there is that Ukrainian medias are fully ignoring the fact that China is the biggest human rights abuser in the world, much more bigger than Russia, because every time, for example, when I'm posting some information about uh, Xinjiang and Uyghur rights or about Tibet occupation and annexation or about Hong Kong or Taiwan every this case is uh, making very huge reflection from Ukrainians that well we have seen the same what happening right now for example with Tibetan culture and language and Tibetan actual rights with Uyghurs and when we are comparing them with Crimean Tatars who right now suffering from Russian annexation and Russian occupation in Crimea uh, and also of course about Hong Kong and Taiwan uh, which are providing this huge fight against communist regime. so I I think once Ukrainians would understand the true face of China, Ukraine would be the main, you know, like fighter against Chinese the dictatorship. So, what is very important to make Ukrainians know more about what China is? There is this interesting thing when we buy a mask to protect ourselves uh, from uh, coronavirus. Uh, there is a label on its package written that this mask is manufactured and delivered from Wuhan and it's truly a big deal of marketing that we could buy protective masks from the epicenter of the outbreak it's really interesting and due to the increasing trading options and increasing trading agreements that Ukraine had with China recently, uh, what should be our plan after the quarantine and after the coronavirus? Should we be more friendly to China? Should we uh, pay attention to China's influence on us? Like, what is the plan? I think that first of all, of course, we need to focus on the situation with uh, different after agreements we would have um, when once uh, corona outbreak would end and i think that uh, we would see a lot of chinese tries to be presented in ukraine first of all because of uh, situations that we did these agreements with china and we taking so much different equipment supplies but we don't know which kind of price we paid for it because the contracts are quite shady and i think that ukrainians first of all should focus on different different types how china trying to be presented in Ukraine and um, it's not just about factories but of course but first of all about the idea to control the Ukrainian like um, simple life by all these uh, Huawei uh, cameras and the systems uh, actually China developed to control Uyghurs you know that like these cameras are already trade to internal affairs ministry of Ukraine so I think that Ukrainians should focus on it and of course to be very very mobilized once China would say that they're going to buy something from Ukrainian defense uh, sphere uh, in field because all this equipment, like rockets and other weapons, are very, very important to secure in Ukraine and not to trade it with China because China would use it against all allies of Ukraine, such as US, Canada, uh, Japan, South Korea, Australia, and of course Taiwan. So, I mean, 
every time when we are trading by military with China, military stuff with China, we are making more danger to our friends who are helping Ukraine a lot since 2014. And the last but not the least, how do you think can Hong Kong fight back or take back their liberty without some terrible aggressive answer from China. I think that actually we have different options how it's gonna be but of course I think that without um, international um, support and of course support from the US, from the UK and from other Western countries of course uh, Hong Kong would never uh, regain own freedom and liberties even they still have 27 years ahead to fight before 2047 when it's gonna be fully transmitted to, to China but I think that anyway China would react very aggressively once Western world would try to secure actually international law principles and um, to follow the provisions of the basic law of Hong Kong. So I think that anyway China would re react and every week we could see new uh, steps of China how to press Hong Kong democracy and how to attack on Hong Kong people. So anyway, I think it's gonna be very big clash. Do I believe that Hong Kong would be free? Yes, I believe in that, because Hong Kongers uh, stated it very clear that democracy or death, so they will fight till the end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Arthur Karitanov of the Free Hong Kong Center, interviewed by the Lviv Lab's Denis Boyevsko. Uh, we encourage you to post follow-up comments, criticisms, questions on our podcast page at LvivLab, L-V-I-V-L-A-B.com. Lviv, uh, I can't Lviv, I'm quarantined here, it's LvivLab.com. Far from 